Hello, and welcome to Off Curve. I am Wicked Good, and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving home from the train station. And it is Tuesday, January 16th, uh, 2018. I am going to the supermarket on my way home because we're supposed to get another snowstorm because this is our life now. Um, it's funny because the like the kids have been at school like one day out of the last five or six because we've had a, we had a snowstorm Thursday, Friday, and then Monday was Martin Luther King Day in the states. So it's uh, they went to school today, and then it's snowing again tomorrow. So. <laughs> Yeah, I may or may not have had to threaten to take the television out of the living room. It, it, that that may or may not have been a thing that happened. But that that's not why you're here. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I am right now at rank two, just like at the bottom of rank two. I, I flailed for a while. Um, so I did that episode last week on Summoner Priest. Kind of ran into a whole bunch of bad matchups at rank five. But the rank five floor struggle is real because uh, you just find a bunch of people playing a bunch of decks that they wouldn't play if they cared about their rank effectively and and which is is not a con which is not a, a complaint mind you like that's the reason that the rank floors are good it's not me complaining about it but I will admit that I would like whoever designed that Kingsbane mill rogue that Blister Guy says it's not a mill rogue, but I assure you, Blister Guy, it is a mill rogue, and I will I will fight to the death to defend the fact that that is a mill rogue uh, that plays Kingsbane and Shadow Step and Vanish and and Mer uh, Cold Light Oracle, and then every weapon buff imaginable, and then ends up just hitting you for nine in the face while uh, drawing cards out of your deck, filling up your hand, vanishing anything you put down on the board, and generally making your life miserable. So, uh, not that I'm bitter. <laughs> so when you're pl trying to play a minion based deck, that's not a good idea. Um, there, I also ended up running into a bunch more control warlock, uh, right after I hit rank five than I had before in control. Warlock. Well, not control warlock really. Um, I guess control warlock was okay. It was more Raza priest. That was an issue. Uh, and I wasn't hitting too many of those. So anyway, it, it, I hit a bunch of bad matchups. So I kind of flailed for a while and I tr I did the thing that I do, which is try all the things uh, eventually I found a, uh, Tempo Rogue list from a player named Raphael. I'm not sure what server he plays on, uh, that worked in a Bitter Tide Hydra, which I liked. I, I started playing that a little bit. I was able to climb a bit with it. And then I decided to merge that with, uh, Rage's list, which, uh, puts in counterfeit coins. So I took what I liked from both those lists. And, and this is my kind of my quote unquote deck building technique is I'll generally take two lists. And I'll, I'll say, okay, you got peanut butter in my, in my chocolate, you got chocolate in my peanut butter, and, and find something that I like. Uh, I, I've, I've had a relative amount of success with it. I like playing with Sonya. It does some disgusting things. Uh, I, I actually streamed uh, Sunday night? Yeah, Sunday night. Uh, so I'll put a link to that VOD up, uh, if, and also to one particular game that I pulled out uh, and put on my YouTube channel, which I keep forgetting that I have, and I forget to plug, but um, I'll have a link to that as well. Uh, where I got a bunch of fortunate swashburglers, and I, spoiler alert, I didn't win that game, but it was fun anyway. Uh, so, I, long story short, I was able to go from, like, rank 5 to rank 2 in a day, and, and I've kind of been bouncing around there the last couple days. I found that I climb better on weekends than I do during the week, just because I'm generally more focused uh, when I'm, like, you know, folding laundry, or not folding laundry, but ironing, usually. 
or just kind of, you know, hanging out. And as opposed to what I'm trying to do that when I get home from work. So, uh, I don't know if I'll make too much progress before the weekend though. It's possible. And, and honestly, I'm not, I'm not super invested in making to legend. Like I obviously would like to, but I'm not like this. If this is a month that doesn't happen, I'm kind of okay with that. Uh, for reasons that I'll get into, uh, because we're, there's a lot of discussion this week about the meta and why people are not having as much fun as they used to. So, um, I will stop talking about me and let's start talking about the meta and cause I've, I've got, I've been kind of consuming a lot of the discussion and I, I've got some ideas about why we're feeling what we're feeling and you know, if it's fixable or not. So, you know, I, I, as somebody in the community, I listen to a lot of the podcasts in the community and I, I participate in some of the discussions and I've been noticing over like the last week or so that there's been a lot more discussion about the meta and whether the meta, whether the meta is healthy and whether it's balanced and whether those two things are actually the same thing. Uh, in particular, and I'll throw links in the show notes, uh, you should be listening to these shows anyway, but in case you're not, um, there was a discussion on Valence Chosen this week where they were discussing like an existential crisis, as they put it, waiting for the next rotation because this, this particular meta that we're in is not a whole lot of fun. And uh, Coin Concede had a conversation as well, both about uh, the, the upcoming balance changes, which I think is really what started a lot of this conversation was Ben Broke coming out and saying, we don't have any balance changes to announce, but if there are any, they'll be probably next month when we do a general patch. So people started speculating about whether balance changes were going to be coming or not. But so they got into a conversation also about, you know, if there are too many cards in the set and uh, whether rolling rotations are a good idea. And, you know, there's also a couple of conversations on Twitter. There was one last week about, you know, if you can nuke a card or, you know, what, what would it be and why? Uh, there was another one from a new show, a new video show from my friend uh, Navalis called What the Deck that was listing out five cards and saying, you know, which one of these would you remove from the game? A, a lot of those types of discussions. And, and I think everybody kind of feels like there's a different problem, but everybody kind of agrees that there is a problem. Um, and the problem is that this meta is balanced, but it's not particularly fun. Um, and, and I think we kind of need to dig into that a little bit. And I'm going to, before I really get into this too much, I really do want to, I do want to say this up front. I, I, I hesitated making this the topic I wanted to talk about this week. And the reason is that it's, once you start opening this can of worms, it, it can lead to a lot of negative feelings about the game in people who may not have felt that way otherwise. And, and a lot of the time that this feeling is very much coming from tryhards like myself and from the people who are playing enough Hearthstone to generate content. And then that trickles down to the general player base. And that's why I, I try to stay away from these types of things until it's to the point where you really can't avoid it anymore. Um, you'll remember that I... I, I did the same thing with the Druid nerf that I kind of tried to keep positive about the state of Druid up until the point where it was generally unavoidable. And I think we're kind of at that point now too, because I've been, I, I won't say that I'm shying away from the game. Um, I'm still enjoying the game, but I'm also feeling like the game is more frustrating than it usually is. And I think that it's the kind of thing that can lead people to start giving up on it if they're not invested in it. And, and 
it's that's a difficult thing to say because like I'm a tryhard. I'm I, this is a game that I'm good at, right? And and I know that one of my hang-ups in general and and I'll get personal for a second. One of my hang-ups is that this is something that I am good at. I know from being diagnosed with ADD later in life. Um, and I wrote a whole thing about my relationship with Magic and Hearthstone and fighting games and, and whatever on my blog years ago that I'll link you to if you really are, you know, can't sleep one day. Uh, but, but ultimately, a lot of my involvement with this game is knowing that I am objectively good at it because something that happens with ADD is that you, because you fail randomly, effectively... Um, until you're diagnosed and you, you can get medicine to help and even medicine doesn't always help all the time, but because your, your inability to sustain attention, you can start to doubt your skills. And one thing that, you know, I would get to honor roll in high school and then not really know if that was me because I couldn't recreate it. Right. Like, like I would go back to do something. I wouldn't remember how I did it the first time, or I'd chew through uh, uh, you know, a block of code or a program when in my career and then not really know what I did because I just got into a bout of hyper-focus. But that, that can lead to a uh, lack of confidence in one's abilities too. So I know that I am investing in this game because it is something that I am objectively good at. I know that my rank proves that, which is why I sometimes get over-invested in my rank. And um, so it's hard for me to um, look at the game as being something not fun because that, you know, could lead to, well, am I giving up the game? I'm not. And I don't think anybody is. But I think that we all want the game to be good. I think we all want the game to be fun for, for as many people as possible so it can stay around for a long time. And I think that's why a lot of people are starting to feel concerned. Okay, so in order to talk about why the meta is unhealthy, I think we need to go back and, and revisit what we're talking about when we're talking about the meta. And it really revolves around mostly four decks that are, that are pretty much the tier one decks. I think that most people would agree on this. There are different flavors of these decks, but generally this is what you're seeing. You're seeing Raza Priest, uh, the deck which needs no introduction. Um, which and, and you're seeing Aggro Paladin, or Murloc Paladin, some aggressive Paladin that runs generally Divine Favor and Call to Arms. Regardless of whether it's running Murlocs or whether it's running Divine Shield dudes, it, it's it, the, the idea is the same. Um, you're running Tempo Rogue, you're, or you're seeing Tempo Rogue, and you're seeing some form of Control Warlock, something that's running Void Lords. Either it's Q-Block, or it's just straight Control Warlock that's running more, you know, general board clears and, uh, you know, run the, run the First Disciple sometimes, and sometimes more Death Rattles than Nizoth, but ultimately you have something that has Void Lords in it, right? Um, and then you have a, a, a series of decks that have a good matchup against one of those decks, which is why they're sometimes played when one of those decks gets to be overrepresented. So you've got Jade Druid, which is generally really good against Raza Priest, um, you have Aggro Druid, which is good against the slower decks. You have Dragon Priest, which is um, good against Control Warlock. You have Zoo, which is good for generally the same reasons that Tempo Rogue is. Secret Mage is also very good against Raza Priest. And then Hunter is good against the slower decks as well. Um, and what you're missing in the meta is any sort of Shaman, any sort of Warrior, and uh, any Control Style Mage. Uh, the only Mage you see is Secret Mage, and even that's pretty rare. Um, now, before we go into this, I think it's important that we keep in mind that every standard meta boils down to broken decks playing broken cards, and decks trying to break cards as much as they can. If a card is fair, it's probably not good enough for standard, and this is what, like, when Andrew and I do 
card reviews on the Happy Hearthstone, when I say something like, this is not good enough for a standard deck, that's generally what I mean. I generally mean the card is fair. And because a fair card is always going to lose a spot to an unfair card or a card that makes a card unfair in a standard deck. So, like, just because cards are broken now does not mean that they're, that this is different than any other meta. It's just that we have so many different ways for things to be broken and not enough counterplay that it feels oppressive. Like, Raza Priest has basically beat the clock. Like, you're trying to kill them before they draw the cards that they need and then they're just going to win. I know it's more complicated than that, but at a, at a base level, that's how it feels. Agro Paladin's just trying to draw enough resources to run you down before you get to that point. Tempo Rogue is trying to do, effectively, if they get Shadow Step, Kelisseth, Shadow Step, or Kelisseth, Shadow Step, Kelisseth, rather, then they don't win on the spot, but they win a lot of the time. And they also have, get to a point where you basically have to, it's, it's like the old style uh, mid-range druid, where you get to a point where they can just burst you down if you leave even one minion on board. And then Control Warlock just shuts down anything that revolves around minions. They just put down a Void Lord, or Void Daddy, if you prefer. And uh, then they just say, you're not attacking. You're, you're not winning this game with minions from this point forward. And you're going to have to go over the top. And so, because those have kind of choked out some of the more... Some of the decks that can get around that, just because they're not good enough. Like, there are a lot fewer decks that can go over top of a taunt. Um, there are a lot fewer decks that can... Uh, you know, can continue to pressure Raza Priest or burst them down without minion pressure. Things like that. That's where why we get to where we are. Um, that said, a lot of what these decks do is they make it feel, and, and this is not necessarily true, but when you're on ladder and you're playing against somebody who is around the same skill level as you, uh, the way that it ends up feeling is that it's not necessarily the decisions that you made in the game that are determining the outcome. It's the, it's the order that the cards are in the deck a lot of the time. And there's always drawn RNG, but it feels more pronounced. And it feels like if you get these cards on curve, that you win. And that's it. And sometimes, or the alternative is, you actually never really had a chance in this game based on what your opponent drew. But it felt like you did, so you played it out. But it turns out that you were basically, both of you were just wasting your time. Again, it's an extreme view, but a lot of the time it does feel like that. Like in that game on YouTube, there was a statement that I made after it that was, I probably could have played that better, but it ultimately probably didn't matter because I was losing that game anyway. And that's how a lot of losses. So the reason that this is a problem is, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm eventually going to talk about how I think we can, how I think Blizzard can address it, because I'm not the kind of person who, well, I am, but at least on this show, I'm not the kind of person who's going to just going to complain about something and not offer how I think I should, how I think it could be fixed. Um, but the reason that this is a problem is because it ends up feeling a lot like the tavern brawls where um, everything is random, right? And when you're playing a game that involves a, a decent amount of randomness, you need to feel, and you, you need to, it's not even that you need to feel, it needs to be the case that you're, you have enough agency that the decisions you're making in the game are directly affecting the outcome. Like, yes, there are random effects. Yes, you need to play around them. That's part of playing a card game. But, and, and this was kind of the complaint about Yogg-Saron too, and the reason that Yogg-Saron eventually got nerfed. Even though Yogg-Saron wasn't necessarily 
it was it was overpowered, but it wasn't necessarily broken. Um, but it created the perception that everything was just RNG. That you could play it, uh, you know, a twenty-turn game. One player plays Yogg, and then everything you did up to that point doesn't matter. And a lot of the time, that's kind of how this feels with a lot of these decks because they're doing things that are so broken that, and there's no real counterplay to them. Um, the the problem is that there's no way to disrupt the Raza Anduin combo, really. Um, there are some people who are playing the Darkness. There are some people who are playing Dirty Rat. But ultimately, if you're mullig- if you're hard mulliganing for Raza the Chained, uh, and, and even if you don't draw it, I don't have the math in front of me because, again, I am driving while I'm recording this podcast, but I, I know that the the odds of getting that legendary, I know the odds of getting Barnes on four are about 20% from playing Big Priest. So let's say that it's 25. So one out of four games are going to have Raza on curve. And then it, it's that same one out of four games that you need to have your tech card in hand before that. Because Dirty Rat doesn't help if Raza's already been played. Um, the Darkness doesn't help if Raza's already been played. Nothing disrupts Anduin. So there's not really any counterplay to that. There isn't any effective counterplay to the Void Lord regeneration mainly because mage and shaman aren't in the meta because the way that you that you counter something like a void lord is a polymorph or a hex and those cards are not in the meta because those decks aren't in the meta because those classes are just not good right now because they're not they can't beat raza priest a slow a slow mage can't beat raza priest for example most of the time and even if it can it can't hold off it can't do that and hold off an aggro deck um so you know, and then you get you get the other decks that can beat those, and those are the other two, the the you know, the aggro paladin and the tempo rogue, then that's why those are in the meta as well. And and it's kind of like this big game of rock, paper, scissors, where and again, this isn't hundred percent true, but I think this is how a lot of people feel, is that the game is decided before the mulligan. It's decided by what deck you chose and what deck your opponent chose, and unless you end up in a mirror match. And even if you end up in a mirror match, sometimes it comes down to just who draws their Raza first, right? And that's not satisfying to play. It's not satisfying to play a 20-minute game of, uh, you know, let's see who can draw their card first, right? Again, I'm, I'm being overdramatic purposefully, but I think that's how a lot of people feel. And if you feel like you're just playing, uh, you know, a coin-flipping simulator, then you're going to stop because it's not fun. Think about how much time if you are... A, an above-average player that you spend playing one of those tavern brawls where everything is random. You're usually one and done, a lot of people. Um, so, you know, that's the problem is when the only counterplay is the deck that you bring, and then that pushes out the rest of the decks that are in the meta. Then we end up with this meta where everything feels like whoever high rolls wins. And that's, it's just not satisfying, right? Like, again, I'm playing Tempo Rogue, I'm finding the fun in Tempo Rogue, I'm still finding the fun in the game, but when I was having some of those bad days earlier in the week, I was seriously questioning why I'm spending all this time on it. Because it's like, you can draw, you you know, if you just don't, if, if you're playing a mirror match against a Rogue, and they get their, their Kaliseth, and you don't, or you, you're playing a Raza mirror match, and they get their cards on Curve, and you don't, then it doesn't really matter what else you do. You kind of lost by virtue of the game deciding it for you. And that, that doesn't lead to a fun experience. Okay, so that's, that's been a lot of downer, right? 
So I want to talk about what Blizzard can do, and then I want to talk about what you and I can do, uh, you know, because ultimately we're probably going to have this meta for at least another month. Usually the the nerfs aren't announced, aren't, probably aren't going to be announced until after Worlds. It's usually another two weeks until that patch comes. So let's say we have another month with this meta. So we're going to talk about that too. But I think that a lot of the discussion has just been around waiting for rotation, and I don't think that's good enough, honestly, because Blizzard has said that they want Wild to be a legitimate format. And if you're going to have Wild be a legitimate format, these cards are still problems in Wild, too. Like, the me- the Wild meta is Raza Priest, and it's some form... And, you know, some form of Q-Block or Control Warlock, and then Pirate Warrior is a thing. Maybe not so much... Well, Dude Paladin is a thing, too. Um, I don't know how much Tempo Rogue is a thing in Wild, but it's all, all these same decks with some some card changes. And you see a little bit more diversity just because there are more decks that you can play... But ultimately, these these are going to be a problem if Blizzard legitimately wants Wild to be a legitimate format like they say they do, too. So I think that if they're going to be making balance changes, it's not out of bounds for them to address some of the cards that are rotating out. Just because even if they're not going to be an issue in Standard, they are still going to be an issue in Wild. And you know what? If you can improve the meta or shake up the meta for another month and a half or two months before the rotation comes in April, then that's that's still worth doing. Like that last month of the MSG meta was still a fun change of pace after they nerfed Small Time Buccaneer. So I don't think you need to limit it just to cards that they've released or evergreen cards. Um, I do think that... So there's been a lot of talk about particularly Raza and like patches. And, and I think that both of those cards, even though they're rotating out, probably do need to be addressed. I think... I've heard a lot of suggestions. I'll just give mine just because, you know, it's my show. <laughs> Um, I think that if you change the text on Raza to say, leave the, leave the cost how it is, but change the, the text on Raza to say, your current hero power becomes zero. I think that, I don't know if it fixes the problem, but I think it adds a lot of counterplay to the deck that wasn't there currently. Because the, Again, the problem with the counterplay for Raza is that it comes in cards that need to get played before Raza get played because you can't interact with the end of it. So by making it so that you can't play Raza until Anduin has come down, you open up more opportunities for counterplay. You get a longer to draw your darkness. You get long more you can wait more for um for the dirty rat to come when it's more optimal that you might be able to pull it. And you're making Raza a dead card. You're making Raza a bit more of a liability in that deck than it is currently. Um to you know, it, it's effectively a dead card because you can't play it before Anduin if you want to have your win condition. So I think that might help a little bit just to slow it down and give other decks a chance, and maybe that would kind of bring it in line. Um, the thing that I would do with patches is I would make it two mana. And this is the reason that I would make it two mana. The reason that patches is a problem is because you're seeing the pirate package in literally, well, not literally, um, in a lot of decks where it doesn't belong. I was playing patch, the Patches Patches and Patches Package. That's, that's a fun thing to say, huh? Uh, the Patches Package in Priest. Peter, pa- play the pa- Patches Package in Priest by the Seashore. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, I was playing the, pa- the Patches Package in Priest uh, because I was playing Kaliseth. And when you have Kaliseth and you can get a 2-2 Charger for free when you play another minion then you're playing a whole bunch of cards that really do not belong in that deck. Um, there's classes without natural weapon 
abilities, more than one beyond the legendary, really should not be playing pirates. And the fact that they are is a problem. And the problem is that Kaliseth and Patches together is too good. And I think that if you make Kaliseth cost two, then it becomes a choice. Or not Kaliseth. If you make Patches cost two, then it becomes a, a choice between do you want to run Kaliseth or do you want to run Patches? Like, Kaliseth should be a deck-building challenge, and right now it's not really much of a challenge just because the pirate package is so good that it's, it's kind of obvious what, how you cover the fact that you don't have other two drops. And I think that that needs, to, that needs to change. I think I would also change the cost of Dark Pact. I think I would make it two mana just to make that come out a little bit later for Q-Block. I mean, Holy Light is two mana for six health in a class that has natural healing. In a class that doesn't have natural healing, two mana for eight health and sacrificing a minion seems fair. So those are a lot of like short-term fixes, band-aids, effectively, to, to fix this meta. And, you know, there are other things you could do to, you know, you could touch Corridor Creeper. Um, there, there are a couple of other cards you could probably touch. We don't need to enumerate all of them, but I, I think that that kind of covers a lot of the, you know, the immediate change you can make. But I think the bigger problem, and the other reason that this meta feels bad, is that we effectively got a whole bunch of toys that we can't play with. Right, and, and this was kind of a problem at the beginning of the Knights of the Frozen Throne meta too. Um, for that reason, it was for a different reason, which was that Druid was just too good, and if you weren't playing Druid, then you weren't playing with anything, really. Um, here, what's happening is that a lot of the decks that were already good got better, and there weren't, other than Control Warlock, there really weren't an, a lot of other decks to come in and, and take their place. Uh, you know, and, and this has happened a few times before. Like, you look at uh, the Grand Tournament and nothing really changed except Secret Paladin came in and then everybody was complaining about that. And, and you know, they, this got avoided in, uh, in Mean Streets of Gadgets and because they just created a whole bunch of new archetypes by the way of the Tri-Class cards that kind of obviated the rest of the, class, the, rest of the archetypes that were there. But it, it feels like we're playing the same decks that we were playing. We're still playing Raza Priest. We're still playing Tempo Rogue. We're st I mean, Aggro Paladin and Aggro Druid really aren't that much different. They're a little bit different. You're still playing Aggro Druid to some extent. You're still playing Jade Druid. It's just a, a couple of, you know, with a couple of different cards. I mean, in the case of Raza Priest, it's literally one card. And it's a 30-card deck of all unique cards. And I think the question really does need to be asked, and they talked about this on Coinkin Scene, and I think I agree with them, or at least I agree with Ridiculous Hat, that... The only way that we're really going to get a lot of change and a lot of shakeup, and the reason that we're all waiting for the rotation is not because new cards are coming in, but because cards are coming out. And I think that it might be that one rotation a year is too much. Maybe every two sets, they need to rotate out two sets, or maybe, you know, every set that goes in, we take out a set. I mean, I think that the, the benchmark for when you have enough cards in the, in the standard set is when you can build a functional Highlander deck and meaning a, a deck that only has one copy of anything and not feel like it's too inconsistent. And we obviously got there in the last meta and now we're really there in this meta. And, and I'm not just talking about Raza Anduin, by the way. Uh, Cruel Highlander was a deck that was played in some tournaments 
And even Highlander Mage was played in some tournaments too. Uh, so it's not just that Raza Anduin was powerful. That that concept of deck was viable in the last meta too. So I really do feel like the only the reason we're all pining for rotation is not so much because we want new stuff to come in. Because if you just keep adding stuff, the decks that are still that are good are still going to be exactly as good. And and really, once you start the way that they've tried to get around this is by creating cards that generate card uh, deck building challenges. Like you look at spell at, at the, the hunter weapon that requires you not to have any minions in your deck, or you look at spiteful summoner that effectively requires you to only have spells that are expensive in order to, um, in order to trigger appropriately all the stuff that's in mage that are challenging you to play with only big spells. And that's all well and good, but the problem is that you can't really build a deck that's restricted unless the power of that card is so much greater. And then if it's if it works well, then it's broken. If it doesn't work well enough, then you just printed a whole bunch of cards that don't do anything. And, and ultimately, like everyone, there there was a lot of uproar about the adventures not being a thing anymore. But it kind of feels like this set was a forty-five card set. Because you, you're missing three classes. Like, you have Alaneth and Explosive Runes that came into Mage. But other than that, nothing's really been explored in Mage very seriously. Uh, Shaman's been a ghost town. Warrior is just off the map. Um, you know, and, and even the control variants of some of the aggro classes aren't really being explored either. So it, it really does feel like it's a smaller set, even though it's 100 and some odd cards. So I think you do need to take some stuff out more often. Okay, so... Let's say that we trust Blizzard to do all these things. And, and I do think that they, there, are, there are some of these things that they're probably going to do. Maybe not exactly this way. But I, I think they are aware of the issue. And, and I have faith that they'll address it in one way or another, right? But ultimately, that's at least a month away. It may be that we really are waiting for rotation, which means that it's three months away. Um, what do you do in the meantime? And, and how do you, how do we kind of help ourselves while we're waiting for, you know, Blizzard to come in on a golden unicorn and fix everything. So I think one thing that you can do is kind of acknowledge the situation as it is. I, this is really kind of important. And, and you know, again, I've been personal in this episode. I've been, I've been going to therapy for a while for anxiety and some other things. And, and one of the things that, you know, I've talked about with my therapist a lot is kind of accepting things the way they are and just kind of saying, oh, well. And, you know, I think that it's very easy to get tilted by games that just don't go your way or that get pulled out from, from under you. And those games are just accept that those games are going to happen. If you're planning on tryharding and, and trying to, you know, grind the ladder in, the, in an environment like this, I think you just need to acknowledge that not every game is going to be winnable. And that's going to slow your grind down. And it's, it's just a thing that's going to happen. And I think that once you accept that, um, and, and that's kind of along with me going, I may not get to Legend this month, and that's okay. I think that once you accept that, that kind of takes a lot of the stress and the, and the uh, you know, the seeing the other side of it and, and seeing the anger in it and instead of seeing the fun that you can have in the game. Uh, you know, that kind of helps a little bit. So, and I think it also it goes along with saying, like, give yourself permission to not try hard. You know, like, 
enjoy the game on your own terms. If, if it's a game that you enjoy and you want to continue to enjoy and you want to continue to have an, a healthy relationship with it, it's fine to say, I'm not going to do Standard Ladder this month. Um, maybe you just try to do Arena for a month. Maybe you try to get on the Arena leaderboard. I've, I've been playing uh, a few Arena runs the last couple days because I've really been neglecting it. And, and it's actually a lot of fun. Um, I mean, Corridor Creeper's still a card there, but it's not, it's not oppressive. Um, and you can still, you know, there's still some broken things that happen, but it's not nearly as, um, as bad as in standard. And, and, you know, you get to play with cards that you wouldn't have gotten to play with otherwise. And honestly, I think it's, if you haven't played arena in this expansion, I think you should try it. I mean, a lot of people spent a lot of time playing dungeon run instead of playing arena like they normally would. I would say give arena a try. You don't necessarily, um, you know, you don't need to follow a tier list or everything the life forge says i i will link to an episode that i talked about a few months ago about how to get started in arena and uh all that advice still holds and honestly i was having a lot of fun the other night playing arena i may stream some arena at some point this week rather than doing constructed um another thing you can do is try wild if you're used to playing standard um if you have the cards for it like i i, I will put a code in the show notes for i i Flame Wakers was when you know Flame Waker Temple Rogue was really one of the first decks that I really started to ladder with seriously. That and Zoo, and I, I always like playing a good Flame Waker deck whenever I get the opportunity. And I found this deck that's just completely ridiculous in Wild. That it's basically um, a couple of copies of Explosive Rooms, a couple of copy of Ice of, of Ice Block, and Sorcerer's Apprentices, and Mad Scientists, and Mana Worms, and Alaneth, and then just a whole bunch of cheap spells. And you basically just, uh, you hold out for Alaneth, and then you burn your opponent in the face. And it's a lot of fun. And I did, like, 30 damage in a turn once. It was disgusting, and it was fun. And, uh, you know, that that's fun for me. There are a lot of other decks that you can play in Wilds, because there's more deck diversity that you can't necessarily get away with in Standard. You know, give some of those a try. Maybe you want to play a Maligo Shaman, um, Shaman, or, you know, or Maligos Druid, or, you know, Maligos Rogue. Or Maligos anything, really, is, is you know, chicken soup for the soul. Uh, but there's a lot of decks that you can play in Wild that are different. And, and sometimes just shaking things up and not playing the same exact thing that you've been playing for months um, can help kind of change your perspective on the game. Or, you know what? It's As much as I should not say this, being a Hearthstone content creator, play something else for a month. It's okay. Come back. Um, I think that, you know, the game will still be here. And you know, maybe stay, play enough to keep your dailies up so you're getting gold for the next expansion, but it's okay to take a break too, you know? Um, but just make sure that you're not letting, uh, letting the meta get you down and letting the standard meta get you down and don't let it kill your enthusiasm for the game because that's ultimately going to be the worst outcome. All right. So this was, uh, probably a longer episode than usual, but you know, I had a lot to say, so we'll leave it there. I, I, I was actually going to talk about why I, uh, I think Shadow Steps needs to go to the Hall of Fame since I was called out on Cog Concede. Um, but, Bodicus, I still love you, even if you're, you know, a terrible person for all of Shadow Step. It's okay. We can agree to disagree. Um, I may talk about that on a future show, but I, I'm not going to do it today. So, <laughs> uh, you can, you can go, uh, find all the show notes for this show, um, for this episode, and I'll have links to, um, the decks that I was talking about, and I'll, I'll link that, you know, that Wild Tempo Mage as well, and everything else that I was talking about. You can find that at offcurve.com. Um, you can, uh, follow me on Twitter for everything that I'm going to post throughout the week at Wicked Good. You can follow the show if you just want to get announcements when the show is going live and, uh, 
Oh, usually we tweet deck lists um, that I post from my main account. You can find that at, at Off Curve on Twitter. Um, you can follow me on Twitch at Wicked Good FM. Uh, I have been streaming a fair amount. I'm trying to keep that up. I, there's a. I think if I just do it enough, I could get to affiliate. It looks like so. You know, I'd like to do that. Um, especially since the other podcast has ended, that would be kind of a nice thing to have going for me. Um, I will also link to my YouTube channel that I don't remember the URL for, but I will, um, I will put that in the show notes as well. So you can go check that out. And that has, usually I'll pull like one game from each streaming session out and put that up as a highlight. So you can check that out. And, uh, you know, please do leave a review on iTunes. Uh, I, I haven't seen any in the U S store. I haven't gotten my newsletter for the international stores yet, but um, please do it. You know, it's again, I don't have a Patreon or anything like that. So that's one of the best ways other than just, you know, flat out telling other people directly about the show that, uh, you can support the show. And so that's something that, you know, really makes my day when you do that. Um, you can also, um, as always, you can, uh, friend me on Battle.net on Wicked Good hashtag one, five, three, five, uh, just do send me, uh, some sort of a note on Twitter and let me know that you're a listener and not just some random who is salty because, they lost to a top deck because this meta is not fun. Okay. Um, that is all I have for you this week. Uh, you know, try to stay positive. Um, good luck to you if you're going to be uh, grinding on the ladder. Good luck to you. And if not, you know, enjoy enjoy the game. Uh, let it be fun. It should be fun. Okay. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. I love you all lots. And I'll talk to you soon.